Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, this is Leo and Arjun over at Riverboat Redskins. Hope everyone's doing well today. Uh, hope everyone is also staying super safe. It's been a long time since uh, you guys have heard from us. And meanwhile, there's been a, a pandemic uh, that has begun and is uh, currently kind of changing the way, you know, things go around here. But, you know, we're adjusting and uh, we're, you know, we're kind of excited to alleviate everyone from the from what from the news everyone's been hearing and bring to light some of the recent updates around Redskins Nation. You know, we've let some people go, you know, Monte Nicholson last night and some other folks that, you know, are unfortunately not with us anymore for for better or for worse, we can get into it. And then we've also brought in some uh, new talent, uh, you know, Logan Thomas and Schwartzer over from uh, the Falcons. And, you know, we can talk about that a little bit and just give our general thoughts on uh, the upcoming draft. I know there are a lot of, uh, a lot of people chirping again, talking about trading down uh, from number two to pick up you know, like a Jeff Okuda over from Ohio State to, you know, fulfill some uh, recent holes on the defense. Uh, but, you know, Arjun, you know, want to go ahead and, and just kind of let you kick us off here. Uh, you know, want to get your thoughts around the last couple of days. I mean, there's been a, there's been a lot, a lot, a lot that's happened. You know, we can certainly talk about, you know, signing West and some of those depth guys at the end of last week. But I'd like to hear uh, some of your thoughts on the more recent things that have been going on. Of course, Leo. Redskins Nation, welcome back. So happy to be back. You know, this quarantine has, is driving all of us a little crazy. Thank God for NFL agency getting started. So, yeah, we'll start out with just running through the moves that the Skins have made over the past week or so. Uh, and then we'll kind of just talk about, you know, our thoughts on these moves and kind of how the draft is shaping up. And, you know, obviously our Trent Williams situation is, is huge. And that's going to shape a lot of our draft strategy. So I'm excited to get into it. All right. So we are starting with the big name cuts that we've made. Josh Norman, Jordan Reed, and Monte Nicholson. All out. So that is two integral parts of our secondary that we thought were going to be future building blocks uh, in our back end. <clears throat> Gone. Uh, Reed, obviously, health issues, documented concussions. We know that he, he's had meetings with some other teams. Uh, don't know where he's going to end up. But again, these three individuals all balled out at different points for the Skins. Super pumped that, you know, they were part of this organization. But, you know, like Leo said, for better or for worse, you got to move on from some of these guys. Also gone are Vernon Davis, who retired. One of the GOAT Big round of applause for Vernon Davis, local guy, Maryland Terrapin, like absolute legend. And I, I just wanted to get my little bit in there real quick. And, and one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. Vernon yeah, Davis, beast. Eric Flowers, our left guard left to go to Miami to sign a three-year, $30 million deal, which was definitely some shit we were not going to pay. Eric Flowers, but good on him. He gambled on himself and he took a risk and he's getting paid for it. So Yeah, big congrats. Big congrats to him and Miami seems to be making a lot of moves. So that that could be that could be a team whose rebuild is shortened as as long as those vets that they sign don't age too quickly. But I think uh, we've got some experience in aging vets that don't pan out. So <laughs> sure. I'm glad I'm glad Ron and Kyle are are doing something different this time. We also got rid of Quentin Dunbar as of what was it yesterday or the day before? Yeah, I think I think it was yesterday. For a fifth round pick, so uh, so we traded 
for Kyle Allen. We gave up a fifth-round pick, and we got one back for Quinn Dunbar. He was the second-highest-rated cornerback in 11 games for the Skins last year or across the NFL. And unfortunately, you know, he just wanted a contract, and we weren't going to give it to him, and he was kind of a little child about it, alluding to what you said earlier. And, you know, he wants to go get paid, so he should go get paid. And I'm glad that, you know, we'll see if Seattle pays him, but happy that he's uh, happier elsewhere. So thanks, Dunny, for all that you do, all that you did. Let's get into who we acquired. All right, re-sign, John Bostick. Stud linebacker last year, had 105 tackles, career year. Not like a stud, but from a from a national like league perspective, but definitely a contributor on, on the defense and a good leader from what I've heard. Kyle Allen, we just acquired for a fifth-round pick from Carolina. Schweitzer from offensive guard from Atlanta. Kendall Fuller is... Excuse you, Super Bowl champion Kendall Fuller. Super Bowl champion Kendall Fuller. He's back. So hopefully he'll shore up whether it's an outside position or a slot position. I know he played a little bit of free safety as well for the Chiefs. So we'll see how uh, our guy Jack Del Rio wants to, you know, fit him in the off, fit him in the defense. We also signed Sean Davis as a free safety over from Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. We Cornelius Lucas, I think he's from Indiana. I don't exactly remember, but he's an offensive tackle, swing tackle, depth move. Nate Orchard was re-signed, defensive end, great depth, great guy. Brandon Sheriff was tagged. Thank God he's coming back. (laughs) I really like this move. Thomas Davis. I know he's like 35 or 37 or some like random-ass old age, but he was a beast. He had like 112 tackles. He had like more tackles than... Anybody except Landon Collins on our team. And uh, he can still ball. And he's he played for Rivera for eight or nine years in Carolina. And, um, you know, I just I think he's got the utmost leadership. I think he's going to provide a solid voice in the locker room that understands Rivera's system, understands the culture that he's trying to build, and is very uh, important in that. Also, these are all very team-friendly deals. Nothing was like, Crazy Kendall Fuller is obviously making the most money at 10 mil a year, but the rest of them and, and Brandon Scherf is getting tagged. And then we got Pierre Lewis, who's a linebacker, uh, J.D. McKissick, who apparently they're very excited about from a third down back perspective, a good receiver out of the backfield. And then Logan Thomas and at tight end, also former Hokie. And then we also just signed Peyton Barber. For two years. Oh, that's right. That's right. What you called? Which you called? You called that yesterday. I did. I maybe I got some. I got some sources on the inside, but I'm glad that some Vayner Sports, uh, Vayner Sports clients are getting some love from DC. So I'm excited. Now, in terms of the moves we've made, Leo, who do you think stands out to you the most from a contract value perspective, from a just role and fit perspective, from a leadership perspective? Just give me your thoughts on who, who really stands out to you. Um, well, we can classify. Well, the easy answer is Kendall Fuller, right? Uh, I was really, I mean, you know, God bless Alex Smith. And I mean, he, he played really well for us while he wasn't hurt and he's been a great leader and, He's made a you know miraculous comeback. Like was you know at risk to not, you know, apparently not even like ever walk again. Like could have died because of the complications from his surgery. Like 
I can only imagine like it's I'm not speaking ill of Alex Smith in any way, but I was kind of upset when we traded Kendall Fuller away for him uh, for for him. Um, I mean, Kendall since day one has just been a baller and he was a baller. It was a baller in high school. If you go back and look at his tape, he was a baller at Virginia Tech. Uh, he was, you know, he's a baller throughout his whole NFL career and got rewarded with it with the ultimate prize last year of a Super Bowl ring. Um, so obviously I'm super excited to have him. I mean, um, I saw some comments on Twitter talking about, you know, paying him a little too much money to not be your, your, you know, number one corner, but I don't think that's his role. I think he's super versatile. He can play free safety. He can play inside on the slot. He can man up and play big. So I think that, um, that's obviously like what I'm most excited about just given the history there and, uh, and you know, how much we love Fuller and he was part of that defense that uh, won the division, you know, a couple of years back. So super excited to have him back. But I think from, you know, from the new guys, um, to your point, I think Thomas Davis is a, is a great pickup. I mean, we've, we've seen, we've seen throughout the whole, throughout the whole off season, ever since the you know first day Rivera came in, his objective has been to, to change the culture. And if that's the objective, then you have to bring in guys who are going to help build the culture that you want and the culture that you believe is going to be successful. Now, we, you know, people can disagree on whether or not it's the right answer, but I think, you know, based on what he's trying to accomplish and based on what Thomas Davis has done throughout his career, I think it's a great signing and it's for not nearly as much money as, you know, one of the top middle linebackers, for instance, would, would demand or, you know, how much you need to pay one of the, one of the, one of those younger guys. Uh, and you can, and it still kind of allows you to develop, you know, the, the Holcombs of the world and he'll get a lot of assistance in having a you know, former defensive captain and a leader and a guy who's been to the Super Bowl, who's captained the defense and had all those responsibilities. Like we have really good young rookies in our defense. And it's just good to see a guy like Thomas Davis coming in. And I'm sure he's going to have a positive impact. Dude, I, I don't know. There's I don't see any negatives to his presence in the locker room. He's he's a guy that Rivera trusts and can count on to lead in, in difficult times, which. This isn't which like Redskins fans. This isn't some one off season rebuild, right? We're trying to undo uh, a decade and really two decades of you know utter mediocrity and poor decision making and shitty band aid you know quick aid fixes. We're trying to build a franchise here, people. Like there, there is a bigger objective than the 2020 season. God bless. I hope we get to play it. But you know there's a you know there's a broader picture here than just the 2020 year. You know, we're looking at 2021, 2022 as years where it's going to be possible for us to compete. We could be a move or two away from being able to compete in those years. And we still very well could have a decent season this year. I'm not that's not out of the realm of possibility. There's plenty of reasons to be optimistic about uh, about the defense with all this new talent coming in, getting fuller, you know, Thomas Davis coming back, potentially being able to draft, I can hope, Chase Young at number two, um, at, you know, at worst, and at worst is a strong word, you know, Jeff Okuda at like five, again, like whatever, like we're adding to our defense. So there's plenty of reasons to be optimistic. We have a lot of young talent on that defensive line and off and offensively. Um, I mean, as long as, so long as we have scary Terry, we have a ton of options at, at running back. I do wonder if signing Peyton Barber does mean that Bryce Love isn't as far along as we might want to think. You know, he was on the PUP last year. He's coming off a pretty brutal ACL injury and recovery that, you know, has taken a lot longer than 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 it probably should have. And again, not here to bash him at all or call him injury prone or whatever. But, you know, coming back from an ACL tear is tough. So maybe they sign Peyton Barber 
as a very nice insurance. And I did read somewhere that most of his contract is not guaranteed. So we could cut him at pretty much no loss. Um, again, to your point, this this front office and the head coach, you know, they seem to be doing a lot of team friendly things and you know a lot of forward and, and a lot of forward thinking. I'm sure that there's also you know, data behind it, but they're being very smart about who they're bringing on. So, yeah, you know, long, long ways to say, you know, I really like the Thomas Davis signing um, and one bit about Wes at guard um some people were like oh why is that you know why why do we need you know why do we need west and i mean you can never have enough offensive line offensive linemen i think i mean we saw what was it i don't know if it was i mean it was yeah it was last year when we were literally signing people off the street to play offensive line for us and two years ago when uh when alex smith got hurt and then everyone else you know proceeded to get hurt and we were signing guys who hadn't played in the nfl in two years to come take professional snaps for us and try to win football games uh, and I, like, that, like to the same point, starting Mark, Mark Sanchez, a quarterback, God, can't wait to forget those days in a couple of years when we win a Super Bowl. But regardless, mm-hmm. um, I like Wes, I, I like him coming in and he's, he's going to push, he's going to push, push Wes Martin for starting for, for starting plays and starting snaps at left guard. And I think Martin is a upstart, one of those young guys who's super, super talented, and he's going to benefit from, uh, from, from that competition. And in that we're speaking to this. Uh, now that I bring up competition, uh, going to naturally segue into, you know, the the most recent uh, kind of, you know, hoo-ha of, you know, people have been talking about in the Kyle Allen trade. Um, I think I'm a big fan of it. You know, at $675,000 a year, that's a pretty sweet backup insurance policy to a young quarterback in Dwayne Haskins. Uh, Kyle knows the system. Uh, he played in, in that offensive system last year. Like, yeah, they're going to evolve it a little bit and things always change, but that's going to help push Dwayne. Uh, and, and, and I'm sure Kyle Allen already has a little bit of that Ron Rivera in him. He's, that's the team he was drafted, drafted by. So I'm sure he's grown and he's matured as a person within that culture and kind of is bought into that whole mission and the vision that Ron has. So I see nothing. I, I, I like it a lot. Um, you were, we were talking about this a little earlier where now it, it seems like Dwayne is now the, uh, the for sure number one guy with Kyle Allen, you know, being brought in, but you know, who knows? Um, Dwayne is certainly, you know, not hopefully not taking that for granted. And Kyle Allen is certainly not coming to DC just to be a backup to Dwayne Haskins. They are both, uh, they've both pretty much started the same number of games. I, I, I believe I didn't actually check before I should have checked before this, but I didn't, but I assume they've started mostly the same, same number of games. Five more games than, than Dwayne did last year. He did. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, he did play longer cause, um, cause their injuries kind of stacked up a little earlier. I thought they benched him later in the year, but regardless, I think um, I, I was a starter and then Dwayne went like obviously like two and whatever as a starter but right in five or seven games Dwayne played like Dwayne's highs were way higher than Kyle Allen's highs. yes yeah yeah so from from that perspective and I, I'm just super excited about this because I I know Kyle personally and I just know the type of person he is and he's a he's someone who you know, he came into Carolina in an undrafted situation with Cam Newton getting injured game two. And this is a former NFL MVP that you're you're backing up here and and to come in and, and play good football for the first half of his like uh, the starts that he had. And then kind of, you know, it all culminated funny enough for when when the Redskins played the Panthers and we kind of shut Kyle down and we shut Christian down and and. Wasn't that the game that got Ron Rivera fired? That was the game. And, and God bless. I love that. Uh, things come full circle. So 
I'm super pumped about Kyle Allen. I think it's a great move also because we're we have so much money tied up in the quarterback position with Alex Smith still on the roster. But uh, I think Kyle Allen will come in, will compete. And again, I think all the moves that we've discussed so far is very indicative of the team that Kyle and Kyle Smith and Ron Rivera want to build in terms of the culture and really just like you said, resetting everything, like undoing a lot of the shit that has been going on for 20 years, right? They're getting rid of players who don't want to be here and they want to focus on players who do want to be here. And I'd, I'd like to say that, like, you know, I like the moves we've made uh, from the running back perspective, what you brought up. So with Peyton Barber, J.D. McKissick from Minnesota, we've got Darius Geis, Bryce Love, and Adrian Peterson, right? So now we've got We've got five guys in the backfield. J.D. McKissick is meant to be kind of that third down back. He's like the Chris Thompson substitute, yeah. And Bryce Love is intended to be in that role as well. So we'll see kind of how that shakes up from an injury perspective and if they're both, if they're all ready for training camp. The same with Darius Geis. I think the way Darius Geis runs and the way Adrian Peterson runs, they needed a backup in case Darius Geis doesn't continue to make it. So that's why they brought in Peyton Barber. Now, do all five of these running backs make the roster? No way. I, I just don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think I think injuries will show, and, and we'll be able to see if Darius and, and Bryce are fully healthy. But again, uh, like you said with Peyton Barber, it's a very team-friendly contract. Same thing with J.D. McKissick. They can cut him for very, very low dead cap. From a cap perspective, I, I read online, I think we're somewhere between the 33 and $42 million range in available cap space after the moves we've made uh the thing that i'm really not liking though or, or the thing that's kind of like taking some time for me to digest is our lack of elite all pro talent and i think that is what separates some great teams from others where you see a guy like amari cooper we went after him hard we apparently offered way more money than the dallas cowboys did i think Ten to fifteen dollar, ten to fifteen million dollars overall, uh, more than Dallas did. But again, Dallas is a Dallas is in Texas, which is no state income tax. So I think he took a hometown discount on staying in with the Cowboys. But we don't have all pro talent. We haven't had an actually even Trent Williams has never been named all pro. So I I I just want to see us really make an effort in the draft to to see guys who you know can be all pro level talent and that's what i think in chase young and like you need difference makers like that on at multiple positions in order to compete and we just haven't had that and so uh, speaking to the utter mediocrity that we've kind of dealt with over the years it's the lack of pure just physical beast talent that can beat out anybody we've had great guys who have a lot of talent but then their work ethic doesn't match up and the culture fit doesn't match up now we're here to see with Ron Rivera's military regime and, uh, and and strict and work ethic and really that emphasis on leadership. Uh, if, if some of these guys can really reach their potentials and maybe even reach above their potentials uh, in like bringing back a Kendall Fuller. Obviously, none of the guys we signed, other than Brandon Scherf in terms of tagging him, is going to make an, an all-pro level difference on our team. So I'm excited to see what we're going to do in the draft. From what we have left in a needs perspective, uh, we still need to upgrade wide receiver. We love Terry. We love Kel- Kelvin. We love Steven Sims. But 
can't, we just can't, we need to give Dwayne more options. And so hopefully we'll see maybe in the third, fourth round, we'll get a wide receiver uh, again like last year. And we'll see what we can do there. We still need an offensive tackle because there's no way Trent's coming back at this point. We can talk about that in a second. Uh, still kind of need a tight end. I like Logan Thomas, but I don't think that he's going to be the long-term answer <laughs> position. <laughs> so hopefully, you know, maybe Thaddeus Moss is a, is a guy that, you know, I watched in the national championship game and he's Randy Moss's son and he should be falling around. I think he got injured, so he should be slipping down the draft board. We'll see about that. And then again, cornerback. I know we signed or we got Kendall Fuller back. But we don't have a Josh Norman. We just traded Quentin Dunbar, so our top two corners are gone. And we literally just have Fabian Moreau and uh, Kendall Fuller and Jimmy Moreland left. So we really yeah. need to upgrade those four positions. Mm-hmm. From uh, what, do, what do you think that, you know, where do you think we should be investing some of this capital, given the moves we've made, kind of the needs we've shored up in, in the depth perspective? So I feel like we're decent at offensive line other than our starting offensive tackle um where else do you see kind of holes on our team that that you think that we're going to be filling pretty soon um well i i I think we're going to address i still think regardless of what we do with that number two overall pick we're going to we're going to be addressing the offensive tackle position in the draft um morgan moses um i i keep go I, i go back to him a lot on these episodes uh, he had a down year last year. I understand. Uh, not everyone can be perfect all the time. We were three and thirteen. He had a rookie quarterback. A lot of good stories about him. So I don't want to really like shit on him. Um, but Trent Williams is, you know, we can just open up that can of worms right now. I mean, he's gone. He's gone. He's not coming back. Um, Redskins Twitter is going to blow up when we end up getting like a seventh round pick for him. Um, it's. It, I mean, he's. I. I. I don't. I. I don't understand. Like. Uh, he he's made no attempt to come clean and come cool with uh, with the with the new regime. I read I've read that Ron Rivera has reached out to him multiple times, trying to talk to him, trying to get him to rethink coming back. What did we hear? We heard it was the medical staff. We heard it was the front office, and then we heard he wanted it. And then he we heard we heard we want he wanted some more money. We changed the medical staff. We changed the VP of operations, and then he's asking for twenty million dollars a year. He wants to be the highest paid offensive tackle. In the NFL, in the NFL, after one not playing an entire season, and the season before that, coming into every single week getting cortisone shots into his knee because he couldn't walk. You're not getting paid twenty million dollars a year, Trent. Stop acting like a child. Are you ki- like? Are you kidding me? That is the most propo- It is ridiculous how he's acting. How he's acting right now. And to that point, his stupid ass agent. They lost all leverage they possibly had today making that statement idiots like did you not read the new cba every so now the redskins are actually in a good position here um i I think they lost all leverage um i still don't know how much we're gonna actually get for him but uh that being said those are my feelings on trent um one i mean watch he's gonna end up doing something where he's gonna find himself having to start at left tackle for us when he doesn't necessarily want to he's gonna have to play through it and prove himself and play for his contract unless he doesn't want to actually get paid um regardless I think go ahead. I don't think that I don't think that so obviously what his agent said was just like utterly preposterous and that we're not negotiating in like good faith and all of this stuff. I actually think it, it completely fucks us from a leverage standpoint. You think it fucks you think it fucks us? 
Yeah, because now it's like he's demanding to be like traded or released. And if we're not doing this in quote unquote, if we're doing it in bad faith, then we just keep him and like don't do anything with him until he's able to find a trade. The only we, other we won't we we won't move we won't move him. I don't think. I, I don't think that, I, I don't think we move him unless we get unless we get what we want. Um, because if he foregoes, is he really going to forego two straight years? He's yeah. what thirty? He's what thirty? He's what thirty four? Bro, Jason Peters just turned thirty five, and the Eagles won't resign him. That's Jason Peters we're talking about. Like, I, I like what what is he, what is he doing? What is he doing? I I think that I think the Redskins have wanted a second round pick for Trent. I think that's now. I think the price was a. The price was right originally. I think a second-round pick is a good value for Trent Williams right now. But the team that is trying to trade for Trent Williams will not only need to give up a second-round pick, but also give him a new contract. Otherwise, he's just going to pull the same shit that he's doing here. Yeah. So, I've heard that's a big holdup for a lot of teams, too, considering that he wants 20 mil. They're just like, no, like we're not trading for a guy that wants $20 million on that bum knee and, and who just had – just had overcame, like, yeah. no. He, he claims that his value should be proportional to the top 100 NFL players list. So depending on where you rank, that's where the salary should truly uh, be spent, right? Like most of your cap should be spent on your top guys, regardless of position. And unfortunately for Trent and for running backs, it just doesn't work like that. Like quarterbacks is clearly one of the most important positions and pass rushers and wide receivers. Like it doesn't come down to your offensive tackle or your or your um, your, your running back who's not going to have longevity in their career. So and, and you saw that those cases with Melvin Gordon and uh, Le'Veon Bell and like all these cases arising. Now we're in the sticky situation with Trent where we need to address the offensive tackle position. We need to address left tackle. You keep bringing up right tackle with Morgan Moses. I think Morgan's going to stick around for at least another year, and he's going to be our starter un- until some other shit happens. But, um, you know, speaking of Jason Peters, so there are a couple Eagles released that, you know, were kind of big names. So Jason Peters, Malcolm Jenkins. Give me your thoughts on those pieces on potentially uh, there have been no rumors of the Redskins interested in either of those players. But I just keep getting to think, like, I know Malcolm Jenkins is getting up there in age, but he's a guy who knows the system. He knows what Philly has been up to. For him to come play free safety alongside Landon Collins would kind of be a dope fucking move. I can't remember if Malcolm was more of a free safety or strong. I want to say free. He's a free. He's he's a free, and I don't and I don't want to burst your bubble, but he already signed with the Saints. Oh, already. Yeah. Gone. yeah, Malcolm Jenkins is gone. He signed with the Saints. He actually he got like a three year. I think it was three years. Uh, fuck, like 24 mil. It was three years, 24 mil. I think that's it, a, it's a hefty little, it's a hefty, long, it's a heavy little, heavy little sum for, uh, for, for a guy that's gotten up there in age, but he was the heart and soul of that, of that Philly defense for, for many years. So I'm a little surprised they, they, I don't know. I don't, obviously we don't know if they like tried to match or if they, you know, asked for a hometown discount or whatever. But, um, to that point, I think if, if nothing else, Signing like a guy like Jason Peters really, really, really late in the offseason wouldn't be that bad of an idea. If no one's paying him, if no one's bringing him on, why not bring him on for super cheap or as cheap as he'll play for, right? 
have him as a very nice insurance, ba- a nice little backup. I mean, offensive tackles are they're a, they're a dime a dozen in terms of like really talented ones. And it's a like yeah, to your point, like your offensive tackle isn't winning you your Super Bowl, but your offensive tackle is keeping your twenty million dollar quarterback off of his ass. So you know it makes a really big difference having a very strong left tackle. And actually, to that point, something I did not want to forget to talk about. I really, really, really like Sadiq Charles out of LSU. Uh, left tackle. Um, he's just coming out of his junior year. He was Joe Burrow's left tackle. Is a national championship winner left tackle, coached by Coach O. Uh, if there's anything that we've learned about um, about this Redskins team, is that you know at least Cal Smith believes in this, and Ron Rivera definitely believes in this toughness is a big 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 theme and like being a badass and just being a physical beast um he's 6'4 321 and he's a junior so he still has a lot of frame to fill out um he might not grow anymore maybe he has another inch in him if, if like maybe but i don't really think we we really grow past like you know a certain uh, you know 21 i don't think anyone's really adding adding height uh, but 320, 321, that could be, you know, that could be like a 330 pound left tackle who's pretty quick on his feet and has, you know, a lot of experience. So that's, that's a guy I, I could see us targeting in the third round. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know too much more about some of the other offensive tackles that are out there. I was a big fan of, uh, of, uh, of Conklin, but you know, he's no longer on the market. Um, I heard say what Travis Frederick. Oh yeah, yeah, Travis, yeah, Travis Frederick. Yeah, he retired, which is crazy. It was crazy. I ju- I just think that you know the way the league is going, uh, you know, you need need got like the guys who are retiring. Some of these guys, like Luke Keekley, like Andrew Luck, like Travis Frederick. These guys, Calvin Johnson, like these guys are all pro talents, all retiring before the age of thirty. So. You know, I just, you know, cross our fingers that we, we can scoop up some all-pro talent and, and not have them retire soon. But, you know, we'll see how that goes. Where where else do we where else do we see these? Oh, one thing I wanted to talk about, Haskins. Have you been seeing his IG content lately? Uh, about how he's just, like, working nonstop and, and just, like, being a baller and flex on everyone? Yeah, I've seen that a few times. Oh. <laughs> Dude, he's looking good physically. I just feel like he's in so much better shape than he looked like he was in last year. He looks a lot more mobile. Uh, I'm super pumped the fact that they've made this Kyle Allen move. So Dwayne will still compete, understands that, but kind of has this like feeling of like, cool, it's my job to lose. It has been my job to lose. And I think that the coaching staff is loving what they've been seeing from Dwayne. He, I think before, before coronavirus and all this stuff, he was in the, in the building all the time, always around, always talking to coaches. Um, obviously, there's regulations and stuff about the playbook and, and what he can and cannot discuss with them. Right. Just see him becoming a leader. And I feel like a lot of the players around him are also noticing uh, especially the coaches are noticing that he's he's developing into that type of franchise caliber quarterback that uh, Ron Rivera wants, but hasn't yet handed him uh, anything. So I'm super pumped about Haskins. I think that, like you said earlier, like there is a very real realm of possibility that we can perform this year. Like it, it, it a lot of it hinges on Haskins. I think you see what uh, in a year or two quarterback and Josh Allen was able to do. Right. They just brought in Stefan Diggs. 
right? Now they've got a three-headed monster in wide receiver, Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, John Brown, right? Their defense is stout. Now we're in the same position where our defense is definitely stronger than our offense. Now we just need to get Dwayne some help. And, and obviously free agency showed us that we lost out on Austin Hooper. We didn't get like a Hunter Henry. We didn't get like a, what was the other dude? Um, we didn't get an Eric Ebron. We didn't get a Jimmy Graham. We didn't, we didn't get any like tight ends that were like on the market that were higher than higher rated than Logan. That, that leads me to believe that we have a plan though. I, I see now I feel like I can be confident or we yep. can be confident in knowing that there's a plan like yep. somebody out there is <laughs> their job the right way and is like, hey, Redskins Nation, don't worry. Like, don't panic. There's a plan. <laughs> like, there's a plan. Like, we got this. We changed the grading system. Like, you know, we like I watched Kyle Smith's and Ron Rivera's press conferences at the Combine. Oh, they were just it, it was it was uh, it's night and day. It's night and day. It's awesome. It's like it's awesome. Wow. Like you both are saying the same exact thing. You're on the same page. You're a united front. You're a team. Oh, my God, dude. I feel like we could just win like six games just off of just changing coach. Like, you know, we, do, we could run back the same team and still win like double the amount of games. And now now for us to have a talented defense and hopefully we shore up some of those positions. Like I am excited for our future. Um, I just hope that this coronavirus doesn't, I think the only thing that can impede Haskins development is his lack of time with Scott Turner and the playbook. And I don't know at what point do they get access to the playbook. Uh, but if OTAs and everything as it seems are going to be pushed, you know, there's going to be less time. And then the NBA trying to figure out what it's going to do. And the NBA definitely doesn't want to compete with the start of the regular season of the NFL. I think there's just so many moving parts given what the coronavirus has, this pandemic has, has caused this nation. I mean, I'm out here watching 2K simulation. thirds <laughs> Bucks games. Like, God damn, like what has the world come to? Thank God for Tom Brady leaving. That gave us some semblance of news that wasn't negative. Yeah. <laughs> Which was which was which was kind of wild to me, by the way. I don't know about you. I was always, I was always kind of in the camp of this is all just one massive game. This is just a big ruse out of Tom Brady, and he's just gonna go back to the Pats and win like six more Super Bowls until he's like 70 years old. Like that guy could be in a wheelchair and would still manage to win Super Bowls as long as Bill Belichick is the head coach. Uh, but I, I like, I, I kind of actually really like him going to to the Bucks. That NFC South is sick dude i really like the nfc south like they have some i don't know what the what, I, what the panthers went and got teddy bridgewater so he's coming into mark rules mark mark rule or ruley however you yeah. however, matt or whatever his name is they're coming into that new offense and that's going to be a lot of fun to watch you got brady down in tampa bay and they're surrounded they're trying to surround they've got they've got great options there they got chris godwin they've got mike evans uh, I guess now they need a running back because Peyton Barber was their leading rusher last year. But I'm sure they, I'm sure they have a plan. If you sign Tom Brady, you have to have a plan. So <laughs> they have this guy named Ronald Jones, and Ronald Jones. Oh, uh, Ronald Jones from US, the the kid from USC. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's pretty good. He he is pretty good. He took over the role from Peyton Barber last year. So that's towards the end of the towards the end of the year, right? Yeah, you're right. I forgot about him. I forgot about him. So I mean, dude, they're stacked. I mean, you're looking at. 
OJ and then, and then the Saint and then the and then even the Saints too. Like that whole division is really cool. But yeah, OJ Howard at tight end. I, he was he was a little disappointing last year, but I think that was also like a product of Jameis Winston. I, uh, it's it's gonna be so exciting to see Brady and Breeze go head to head in their like oh, twice a, twice twice a year, man, twice a year. In their final years of their career, pretty much like final. I love it. 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 And you know Brady is not gonna leave. Tampa Bay after one year unless he's retiring which I highly doubt because he signed a two-year fully guaranteed deal yeah. with no tags and no trades so that means he has an intention he could have an intention to play a third year so I mean I, I think I think it's Brady versus Breeze now Manning's done Big Ben is still kind of in the mix Philip Rivers is now an indie I think that's going to be a good fit for him. Um, I'm excited to see what the Pats are going to end up doing. A lot of this debate has been around, you know, whether whether Tom can win without Bill or can Bill win without Tom. The Pats have, uh, oh wow, I can't. Jared Stidham. Stidham. Jared Stidham, who was the quarterback from Auburn a couple of years back. I like Jared Stidham. Um, I I saw they drafted him last year, and I was a big big fan. If there's something I've learned from watching guys like Jimmy Garoppolo play, Jacoby Brissett, uh, Tom Brady, when you have a quarterback that's drafted and coached by that team under Tom Brady's leadership in the quarterback room, that guy is automatically light years ahead of everyone else. So they, it's like they copy. It's like the same. There's, they're, they're doing side-by-side videos a couple years ago. It was like Jacoby Brissett, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Tom Brady all have the same exact throwing motion. Obviously, they're different guys. They make different decisions. They're not as, you know, they all vary in talent levels, right? But they throw the same way. And I'm sure Tom coaches them to read the, the read the field like he does and study plays and study film. So I actually think that Jared Stidham is going to be totally fine um, in New England. I, I, I don't I don't necessarily I don't know how that division is going to shape out. I think it's actually in a weird spot. You have like the Bills that all of a sudden look like um, a potential clear favorite for the division. But like, can you say anyone is a clear favorite in that division other than the Pats until like they actually show us that yeah. they're, that they're the Pats. Right. I mean, um, I think they might be signing Brian Hoyer. They already did. Brian Hoyer, American hero. Shout out. I, he once won me a fantasy matchup after I streamed him at the very last minute. And so, you know, I dubbed him the American hero. Because uh, he saved my fantasy season that year, I ended up making the playoffs by like one by like one game. So that was pretty sick. Uh, but yeah, I I I like that too. Uh, just he's a system guy, but it's just it's just insurance policy. I wouldn't be surprised if they went out and drafted another guy this year. Or I wonder if there's anyone like <laughs> this would never happen. But like a Jameis Winston and in, in for playing for the Pats would be super funny to see. Yeah, I I heard there might be some. There were a lot of there was a lot of talk of Andy Dalton going to the Pats. oh yeah 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 that makes that would make sense i think from a bill belichick perspective that could work i think that i think brian hoyer will probably win win the job uh stidham will probably come in at some point but again they're like a well-oiled run franchise so i mean that's some shit that we do and so i i don't know if you're just gonna like pull your starter put in your backup and like Whoever starts, like whether it's Stidham or or Hoyer, I think you, I think they're going to compete. I think they're still going to win like nine games. Yeah, they're still going to win football games because that's what they do. 
That's what they do. That whole that team's been about the defense anyways. When their defense plays, they like Bill Belichick is a defense guy. He's not an offense guy. Right? Yeah. Their offense is so simple because Bill Belichick's like, I don't fucking care. He's like, we just don't let them score 20 points and you're usually going to win the game. <laughs> so that's like what he, so like, that's just what he does. Um, something I do, something I did want to touch on as much as I do love talking about Tom Brady. Um, I, something I, that you had mentioned earlier that I want to circle back on was the wide receivers. Um, so I've been saying this for a while and I mean, we have some cap room available for it. And unfortunately we won't be able to get a guy, um, like Randall Cobb or Robbie Anderson, but someone I've mentioned time and time again, who I think would be a great fit across from McLaurin would be Emmanuel Sanders. Um, he is a veteran wide receiver. Yes. He was a little hurt last year and yes, that makes me wary. Uh, and he's demanding a reasonable amount of money for, for someone who would be on a short-term contract coming into, what is he, 32 Four. or 33 years old? He's, he's, getting up, he's also getting up there and piling up the injuries and wide receivers. Uh, I mean, they get hit all the time. But that's the kind of guy I could see coming in and playing a very Pierre Garçon role for, for, Has- for Haskins, the same way Pierre Garçon played that veteran role for um, that kind of possession guy for, for RG three, but that's not to also forget to mention that Santana Moss was also a really big part of that. But I think that, uh, Emmanuel Sanders is very much, I guess, like both of those guys in the sense that they're possession guys, they know how to run routes. They know how to get open. Um, Terry McLaurin's a speed guy. He can run routes. He can kind of do everything. So you really just need someone opposite of him who's enough of a threat and who can get open at the top of his routes. Um, and to that point, someone I also think is, uh, is, worth paying attention to is Devin Funches. He's a really big dude, former Carolina Panther. We know, you know, Ron Rivera likes his guys. Uh, pretty sure Funches had uh, not so great of a year in Indianapolis last year, but um, we, we've we seen receivers succeed in uh, in Carolina. So I, you know, you can see Devin Funches coming on, on a kind of a prove it, a prove it deal, like a one year Terrell Pryor, $6 million type of thing. A um, couple other options. We could explore Brandon Cooks over in LA. I've seen yeah. rumors that I've seen rumors that he's on that he's on the block for them. And I I, I think Brandon Cooks is a great option. Uh, I really like. I've I've always I've always been a fan of his. Go ahead. He he got. I think Brandon Cooks got released. He was released. I think he was released. Well, I know obviously Todd Gurley was released, but I'm no, sure. not he's not, he wasn't released. He wasn't released yet. Brandon Cooks. No, he wasn't released yet. It looks like um, and there's articles. Should the Vikings trade for? Oh, that's a blog. Never mind. That's not legit. Um, but any, but anyways, I, th- I I I'd love to explore Brandon Cooks, but again, I'm not in the business of trading away too many draft picks. I know Ron Rivera doesn't necessarily want to do that either. He's trying to rebuild a team. Like you have to prioritize draft picks if you want to build that team. But that last, uh, the last couple options that I've I've thought about as you know could be you know could make sense. Uh, actually, pretty much only one more guy. Brashad Perriman, uh, former first round pick, played for the Ravens, the Browns uh, last year in Tampa Bay, and in, in last year, um, he, even with a guy like Jameis Winston throwing him the football, he set career highs in receptions career highs in yards and career highs in touchdown. So yeah, he is probably is, I mean, I think I've seen things about him like asking for a little too much money, 
but hey, the guy's trying to get paid. He's trying to kind of prove that, you know, he deserves that, you know, that that paycheck. And maybe he's not as good as an Emmanuel Sanders, but we're talking about adding weapons, right? Um, Rashad Perriman is a weapon uh, for, you know, first and foremost. That's that's what he is. He's a he's a big dude. He's athletic. Um, he's young and he's, he's I can only imagine that that's like Ron Rivera's definition of a value of a value guy. Tons of upside. Like, yes, he'll be a little more expensive. But, you know, as long as it's not, you know, totally breaking the bank and, and it's not completely unreasonable, I see no reason why that shouldn't be an option. But I just wanted to touch on that. And also, Mari Cooper, we apparently offered him $22 million, um, compared to $20 million. So, yeah, like $10 million difference over the course of a five-year of the five-year contract. Uh, but he had said that he wanted to go back to Dallas. It was going to take a lot for him to not go back there. Um uh, and to that point, uh, Dak Prescott being franchised is like the greatest thing ever. It's the no, I love seeing Dak in the same exact or the Cowboys in the same exact position. Literally same exact thing that made them seven and nine last year or whatever they were or eight and eight. Who fucking cares? They suck anyways. I absolutely love it. Like, yeah, yeah Mike McCarthy's your your coach now. I don't know. He won one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, who's the most talented quarterback of all time. Like, get the here we'll see so we'll see about all that we can keep hoping but um let's not shit on them too much before before we kind of make a name for ourselves at least but um go ahead into the receivers that you brought up right i love 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 emmanuel sanders i have i think i had him in my on my fantasy team like three years ago when i i think i won the league that year i'm not sure but he 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 called out Oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to chill about that. He was on the Broncos. He played with Peyton. He was a beast. Uh, love him. The problem is for him, I think, one, his his salary, but I also think that he's going to go for more of a contender-type uh, team. The Skins are not planning to contend this yeah, season, but obviously cool. we, we have one of the most up-and-down divisions in all of football where you could go least to first, like, or last the first uh, any given year, so I don't I don't see Emmanuel coming here. I really like Rashad Perriman. I watched some of his highlights. He's, he's just a big dude and he can get it done. Um, again, the the problem there, or at least for a lot of these wide receivers like Robbie Anderson, is can we break the bank for these guys when this is one of the most the deepest wide receiver classes in years. Right, and so I definitely think we're gonna get more talent at wide receiver. I still really like this guy Cam Sims. I think he went to Alabama. Yeah, he's an Alabama boy. Right, I really like Cam. I I had picked Cam uh, Sims making the roster over Steven Sims last offseason, and then obviously Steven Sims showed what he could do. I just really like. Uh, I think they were putting Cam also at at tight end a little bit. So maybe I, if he becomes a tight end and if he can actually block a little bit, I really like him at the tight end position. Um, but yeah, I, I think we have a lot. We still have a lot to address uh, from a team standpoint to get to a place where we can truly compete uh, for an NFC East title. Yeah, uh, I think we're on our way there, and I'm glad that there's no concessions being made from Ron Rivera and Kyle Smith's perspectives, whether it's on the contracts or the players that they're bringing in, because. These guys are all solid guys with no history of, like, negative rumors of anything, really. And they're just team-first guys who are going to compete and make the players we already have better, right? And, and we didn't even touch on this. Ruben Foster. 
So he's recovering from his ACL nerve damage. Oh, that's right. And all that. So he's an X factor as our middle linebacker, right? And we're playing a 4-3 now. So, yeah, I, I think we'll have someone like – I don't know who our outside linebackers will be. Like, I, how does our linebacker rotation shape up when we've got, like – you're putting guys like Ryan Kerrigan on the end, right? You're putting guys like Montez Sweat back on the end. Uh, you got Cole Holcomb. You've got Thomas Davis. You've got Ruben Foster. These guys are all people who would traditionally play the inside Mike and the other opposite of Mike linebackers. Right. But we'll see how it changes. I'm not entirely sure. I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to think of who those guys might be. Um, but I mean, switching back, yeah, switching back to that three-four. I'm super curious what that's going to look like. Or switching back to the four-three. Excuse me. Um, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure, but what I do know is that you know this for the first time ever, I don't mind not being sure. It's like an odd comfort, kind of what you were saying. Like I can just trust that there's some sort of plan out there, and I think all Redskins fans can agree. I mean, we talked about that from episode one when we were just so jazzed up uh, about you know Riverboat and 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 him coming on board, and uh, so yeah. I mean, just I just having faith in the process is very comforting. Uh, and, you know, the Nats coming off a World Series and the Caps having won a Stanley Cup a couple of years back. Like, you know, I, I can wait one more year. Sure. <laughs> I can wait another year. Sure. Like they've bought themselves another year. All right. That's fine. Um, so. So, yeah. So, yeah, man, super looking forward to seeing how this all shapes out. I uh, I think we've had a good a, g- a good little episode here. I'm not entirely sure how long it's been. I actually lost track. It's usually a good thing. Um, but either way, uh, I think we can go ahead and, and wrap up for, for the folks uh, that listened today. Thank you so much for listening to uh, today's episode of Riverboat Redskins. Uh, we will, you know, we'll keep moderate, monitoring the news and dropping episodes when, when we feel it's appropriate. And we've, we have a lot to talk about with you guys and a lot to update you on. Uh, you know, stay stay in touch with us uh, on Instagram. We'll, we're gonna we're gonna be a little more active now that uh, we've got some extra time on our hands indoors. We'll be we'll be quarantining and we're gonna be staying at home. And we hope that uh, everyone listening is going to do that to their utmost ability. Of course, go get your groceries. You know, get the essentials, but try to try to stay safe during this uncertain time. And uh, Arjun, that being said, absolute pleasure as always. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure we'll be FaceTiming later or something. <laughs> Have a little sesh. But uh, Redskins Nation, peace, love, and happiness and health to you all, most importantly. So stay indoors, be safe, and, and work on those things that, you know, you haven't had a chance to work on. And now you've got that time, uh, so take advantage of it. Uh, HTTR, Redskins Nation, let's get it. HTTR, be easy.